Let them take you back to the golden era. Can you can you get them on there? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, let's just go with this, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Chris Riddle, and welcome to episode four of the Golden Era podcast. I'm Chris Riddle again, being joined by Chastity Taylor. Jess, uh, good to have you back. How are you doing? Doing all right. Hope you guys are good. And I'm uh, uh, not sure what exactly happened to Jake Smith here. Um, so we're just going to kind of roll with the punches. We apologize, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Jose Gonzalez, our executive producer, uh, you. Uh, I'll get you to kind of come on and fill the reins here. How are you doing? I mean, I'm a little flustered now, but I guess the show must go on. I mean, Jake, who lives in the highest residential area and has, quite frankly, the best internet connection out of all of us, just, like, went dead and um, trying to text him, and he's not answering his phone. So, uh, first of all, a couple things to get to before we begin. Hey, how about that Trish Stratus coming back for one last match since our last episode? Yes, and how about our very own Chris Riddle getting to do a farewell tribute video that was plastered all over social media? Thank you so much, Chris. That was a beautiful, beautiful tribute to our hero. Thank you. Um, Thank you. haven't really shared a lot of details with this publicly, but um, I will say on the air that I had some very kind words from Trish and her staff, and um, she may have actually showed it to some certain people in a certain organization in the great state of Connect I Cut. So um, my idol never fails to let me down, even though her Funko Pop keeps falling off my desk because they didn't mold her feet properly. Um <laughs> So another thing, Chas, um, I've been getting my ass kicked lately. <laughs> yeah, Chris, Dude, uh, how's your head? Um, it's a little sore. Um, so for those that keep up with our social media channels, uh, the account page and us personally, um, I think everybody knows I've had a little bit of a spat in my role at play-by-play commentator at CWF Mid-Atlantic. And Mr. Con O'Kelly, who is now dubbing himself appropriate for this show, the 10th Wonder of the World. Um, last week at the Johnny Weaver Cup Finals, decided to challenge me to an arm wrestling contest. And it ended up taking place on the main show because, quite frankly, I called his ass out. And I was kicking his ass until... He decided to get his heavy Donnie Dollars involved, who then kicked me in the head. And let's just say the next couple days at the doctor has not been fun after that. Bless your heart. Well, we're glad you're okay. Everything you guys have been doing over there looks great. And you know, we're all, all of us here and elsewhere are just a phone call away if you ever need us. Oh, yeah, hmm. absolutely. Anytime. I mean, Chassie Taylor's never afraid to put a boot in somebody's ass, as we've heard. I didn't say that. <laughs> So, yes. So let's get to another ass, uh, Molly Holly's title reign. <laughs> uh, Speaking of ass. Like? Well, I mean, I'm not trying to make fun. That was the storyline. So the last time we left you, which seems like many moons ago, uh, Molly Holly uh, had become women's champion at King of the Ring. 
And Jose, uh, to kick us off, we're, we're for the record, we're going to go through a lot of various things tonight, so stick with us. Um, Molly Holly had a very interesting series of title defenses. Yeah, she did. I mean, I know originally uh, it was back when the women's title was able to appear in both brands before they kind of did away with that in 2003. And I distinctly remember uh, one future Hall of Famer, Tori Wilson, uh, having a photo shoot on the beach and being interrupted by Molly Holly. I believe this was one of Tori's only shots at the women's championship. Um, I think Molly did her due diligence. Uh she had some more matches with Trish. Something I remember off the top of my head, Nydia, we talked about that angle with Jamie Noble kind of beginning last episode. Nydia actually had a crack at the Women's Championship, and Molly had to cheat to beat her. So that was very fun. Um, Molly was such a good heel. Like, she never gets... I really hope she may be one of the next ones inducted into the Hall of Fame, because I really think she doesn't get enough credit for her heel work. And it's just... Something that was really unique for the time frame back then is somebody who kind of went against the whole bra and panties, da-da-da-da-da. And Ivory did the same thing a little bit, but Molly kind of took it to another level with this whole holier-than-thou virgin character, pure and innocent, which is funny because she ended up being the biggest heel in the women's division because of it. Chas, uh, just from a worker, say, former worker standpoint, what's kind of your thoughts on Molly and her work around this time frame? Um, I think going back and watching it, similar to what I said in episode two um, about Jazz, you can see who the ring vet was in every segment she's in. You can definitely see that she's the the leader. She's carrying the other girls through, but she's always she sells everything that these girls gives like gave to her as if it were just like death by foreign object. Like she is, she made sure to make her opponents like it's a two way dance, you know. She made sure to make her opponents look as badass as she possibly could because, you know, I don't know. That just to me that takes talent to make the other person look as good as you are. That is just as difficult as making yourself look good. So um, you can definitely tell she's the ring that she carried some of these girls through and helped. Just like I said, Jazz did and didn't get a lot of credit for it. I think Molly helped mold girls like Lita and Trish. And even even Trish during this time frame, you know, she's getting so much better, but she's still kind of a rookie as far as in-ring experience goes. And like you said, putting her with a Jazz or a Molly kind of showcases her rising talents that much more because, like you said, quite frankly, they just make her look better and better. I know right. Molly even had some matches with Stacy in, like, 2004 where Stacy just looked like a total worker <laughs> because of it. And Stacy was not known for her in-ring work, quite frankly. Right. So, um, yeah, if you haven't checked it out, please go back and watch the match between Molly and Nydia. It's on an episode of SmackDown. I want to say it is the SmackDown before Survivor, before SummerSlam 2002, which did not have a women's title match. Um, but yeah, very interesting. Nydia getting a title shot that early on. I remember, did you guys ever watch Tough Enough at all? Uh, I mean, I remember like fragments of it when I was younger. It was before I really actually got into wrestling, but I remember like seeing it like here and there. So I always knew of it, just never really paid too much attention to it. Chess, that was Same kind year. of before I you started watching full time, right? Yeah, I said that's before you were kind of watching it full time, watching the product full time, right? Yeah, I actually have gone back and watched a lot of the Tough Enoughs this summer, though. That's been kind of a summer project for um, John and I. But um, I have seen a lot of Nydia's 
like earlier work on there and it's crazy to me because I had I don't I had no idea when I was watching her live back then that she came from there so that was really cool for me to go back and see it's really crazy to me that the first winners, Maven especially, but Nydia as well, were put on TV so quickly because you would never see something like that where they would be put on the main roster so quickly today. Um, right. So Nydia, she was kind of off for a few months, but I know Maven especially was in that feud with The Undertaker like maybe two months after he won Tough Enough. And I mean, that was his first training. So... Very interesting to me, but I thought she did really good, and I really enjoyed the whole deal with Jamie Noble. Yeah, I think oh, Nydia's entire SmackDown run just seems, like, so underrated just because of how much her and Jamie, like, had, like, amazing chemistry, like, especially with how she would always try to interfere with the Cruiserweight division, too, because it kind of made it feel like she has some other significance, even though SmackDown Divas didn't really have anything to contend for. She's still Almost she's like a, kind of sure. how Maria Canellis gets involved with the cruiserweights on 205 Live. Kind of reminds me. I'm sorry. The first ever pregnant champion, Maria Canellis. You know, the True only story. woman to hold uh, titles in what? Ring of Honor, Impact, and WWE? Besides me, I'm the other woman to hold titles in all three of those companies. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> you know, I didn't see that um, on the blog. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was uh, unaired. It'll be on the next WWE unreleased DVD. Moving on. uh, So this is around the time, you know, we're just into the draft, but WWE decides to go a little crazy with moving people with no rhyme or reason whatsoever. Sound familiar? (laughs) I have no idea um, what you're talking about. Stacey Keebler, who I believe we talked about previously, was in the role as Mr. McMahon's personal assistant um, is drafted by Eric Bischoff for Raw, and then Ivory also quietly goes to SmackDown from Raw. Now, we actually never really, besides the one Velocity match with Linda Miles, where Jackie Gata, wrestling expert, turns on her, um, we never really saw Ivory on SmackDown any, which interests me because Ivory said at a panel a couple years ago that on house shows she was kind of doing stuff with Tori and Stacy. So I'm surprised we didn't see her as the heel with them on TV. And Chas, going back to what you said about kind of the in-ring generals, uh, like a Molly or a Jazz Ivory, still kind of in that same vein, I think she would have worked really well with the blonde Taraj kind of helping move Tori and Stacy along. I agree. However, I think um, that era of wrestling really needed your, like, your two different visual visuals in the ring. So it wasn't just a baby face and a heel. They wanted like blonde hair, blue eyed, big boobs, like beauty, the the Mm -hmm. sex appeal baby face. And then I think they wanted the dark hair, dark eyes, tan skin, more sultry heel. I think um, Molly, I don't ever, when I think of Molly personally, my personal opinion here, I don't ever like relate to her as like some kind of sex symbol. She, to me was like, she was strong and, and, she was just a force to be reckoned with. Um, when we get to talking about Victoria, I think Victoria was this more sultry sex appeal kind of, you know, same with Dawn Marie, girls like that. When as, whereas Stacy and Trish and Tori were your blonde hair, blue eyed beauty. So um, taking talent out of the equation, I think they really wanted that visual appeal of you being able to tune in and yeah, you're tuning in because you want to see these two beautiful ladies in the ring, but it was really, really simple and easy regardless of talent in the ring to say who you wanted to cheer for and who you wanted to boo. And I think Ivory 
doesn't you you don't look at her and necessarily say okay it's one or the other personal opinion here true so <clears throat> a very interesting thing you mentioned her name uh don marie makes her wwe debut of course infamous for her role in ecw as Don Marie Bitch, that's B-Y-T-C-H for the record, um, makes her debut as Mr. McMahon's assistant right around the time that Stephanie departs. Um, to me, Don and, and I've talked about this with my best friend, Dawn is criminally underrated for some of her work. Not only her character work, but she could actually, we were watching a lot of her stuff with the Tory stuff and everything, which we'll touch briefly on at the end, but we also will have a a whole episode devoted to that in coming months, or focused around that, I should say. Dawn, especially towards the end, she was doing, like, corner and zaguris and stuff like that, and she never really got credit for her in-ring work. I would have loved to see her on Raw against Trish or against Lita or something like that. This girl never got used to her full potential. But if you think about it, was this the time she was traveling with guys like Lance Storm or no? Am I in a different decade? So that, No, that would have been around ECW. So that would have been late 90s. Okay. So, so even with that, she had think about who she traveled with prior to this. Like she was kind of destined to be talented. Yeah. Uh, um, we must be talking about Stacey Keebler. Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, did hey. Comcast finally get their heads out of their ass? I don't. What no. ha- Jake, Jake, what happened? I don't know. I mean, I thought I was on my internet connection back from the Diva Dirt days, and everything just went to shit. So well, we're trying yeah. to stream Love Around Title instead of just Apple Music. Well, I don't know. I'm trying to download my 18 digital copies. You get a copy every time you buy a piece of merchandise from her store. So, <laughs> did you did you go to Target and get the edition there as well? I bought all four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You so do we the know where it lands on the Billboard 200 quite yet? I know it's uh, it's getting there. I, it's got to be one. So, well, I'm so excited because I, a few months ago, so I got a th- email that said, like, you know, from the Taylor Swift store because I shop there a lot. And it was like, for $5. I'm shocked. <laughs> for $5, you can get a signed copy of me. So, this was like just when, like, me was the only song out. So, of course, like, and it was only like 100 copies. I got one of them, but they upgraded it to be the Lover album. So, I'm getting a signed copy of Lover. I got a notification it shipped today. So, very excited about that. Jake that. Smith joining us, of course, known from his appearances on Total Bella's Good Morning America, your local <laughs> Wawa. Um, what uh, else am I missing? Let's see. Outside of uh, Evolution and the concession stand. <laughs> Maria's Playboy signing. <laughs> Until security broke it up. Uh, what? Let's see. I don't know. So you have no clue what happened to you? That's, I've never that, seen. It's like, so just... strange. I don't know what the hell is going on. I'm going to have to yell at my husband. I hope he paid the internet bill. So I don't know what just Doug! I guess Doug's <laughs> sleeping in monkey's bed. What was really weird was, I know this is totally away from the show rundown, but like what was really weird is like yourself, like when I was trying to iMessage you, it didn't even say delivered. Like it just didn't, it was like it was everything like, it was like somebody took it down. It was the weirdest thing. Uh, that's so weird. I don't know. Anyways, uh, we were just talking about Dawn Marie's debut and how she's, like, criminally underrated. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, beyond underrated. All right, so where, where in Dawn Marie's lifetime are we talking right now? Well, uh, we were just talking about... Oh, my. Uh, before the baby. Oh, my. <laughs> anyway. Um, that's yeah. another episode. 
So, yeah, so Don Marie, I think we're talking circa fall 20, 2002, right? I almost uh, that. Yeah, late summer. We're talking about her debuting as Mr. McMahon's assistant after Stacey gets drafted to Raw. Oh, yeah, yeah. So her debuting as the assistant, you know, dressing how, like, I dress for work. You know, very low cleavage and stuff. Um, but, yeah, no, I loved Don Marie during this time. First of all, um, I mean, of course, this would be the thing I bring up. I loved her because her photo shoots in the magazine were the most revealing. So she had um, probably my favorite accessory of all time, butterfly nipple clamps. And (laughs) they were like, one time, so I used to draw like all of the wrestlers and I had like a book of like all of the drawings and like I'd take it to go out to eat like wait I was like 13 at this time so that's weird anyway um so I would like take it to go out to eat and I was um drawing a uh what's it called like Don Marie and the waitress was like I hate when they put pictures of me in the magazine and like the butterfly I was like what (laughs) but anyway um yeah she was definitely she came in hot she had that ECW you know, background behind her. Well, you know so, what? And, and sorry to cut you off, but that, that was the point Chas was just making was I was talking about how she actually ended up being really good in ring by the end of her yeah. career. And, yeah. But Chas made a good point with her traveling with like the, the likes of Lance Storm and everything like that in ECW. She was kind of destined to be pretty good in the ring. She, I think she surprised a lot of people for sure. Like, you know, I, I don't, I don't even know if it was their intent to make her a wrestler when they brought her in. Um, cause that was like, kind of like a weird time, but, um, yeah, no, she ended up being great. She was kind of their, like, honestly, their like go-to girl. She was like SmackDown Mickey James or Jacqueline, to be honest. Like she, she was, was like the reliable SmackDown heel. Right. Exactly. And she killed it every time she went out there and, you know, she was always a go-getter and she killed every storyline they gave her, every promo they gave her, every outfit they gave her. So, you know, she was just like amazing. No, and it's funny so, that you mentioned that too, Jay, because I just felt like she was such a perfect foil for any sort of baby face you could have thrown at her. And I know it's not this episode, but her stuff with Tori Wilson is probably some of the best things you can remember from that era on SmackDown or on Raw. Oh, yeah. Her stuff with Tori was honestly just, it, it was in a league of their own. I think, honestly, like, not only did Tori impress in the ring and with these storylines, but, like, you know, like, Dawn, really, Dawn did most of the carrying, to be honest. Like, you know, it takes a great heel, and she really was, like, she, she was the bitch you wanted to hate. Like, I'm sorry, like, anyone who's gonna, like, rail your friend's dad or something? Like, no. <laughs> Into the grave. <laughs> Into Sounds the like grave. some bullshit Connor Kelly would pull. What is, ooh, oh my. Yeah. What, so. Rocka Con Kelly Kelly? What? <laughs> excuse me, some, excuse me, some BS. Um, so we'll talk about Dawn and Tori more towards the end of the show, and we will talk more about them in coming episodes. Don't worry about that. But now we must switch focus to my favorite wrestling angle of all time. Lillian Garcia and her feud with Howard Frankel. Oh my God, iconic. Mm -hmm. And the only women segment of SummerSlam 2002, which is a shitty pay-per-view. Stop saying it's good, people. It's actually, (laughs) you know what? I'm glad I'm not the only one that thought that. I hate SummerSlam 2002, and everyone's always like, oh, it was the best SummerSlam of all It's just because Wonky Eye won an elimination chamber. Shut up, Marks. (laughs) Wow. Chess, I know you and John do a lot of pay-per-view rewatching. Have you two come across that one yet? 
Yeah, we actually watched it right before um, SummerSlam. Um, no, we were watching a bunch of Survivor Series recently, and then yes. I guess like going in alphabetical order, we came across this one. So um, I definitely do not recall that ever happening, <laughs> like the pay-per-view as a whole. So <laughs> yeah. just out of pure curiosity, and again, this isn't related necessarily to the women. I'm just curious how you guys do it. Like when you're re-watching stuff, like not even for the show, just in general, do you go in like event order? So like Survivor Series 01, Survivor Series 02, or do you yeah, do no. like chronological? So we do, we pick a year normally. Okay. So we were on a kick recently. We were watching, um, I want to say it was Survivor Series 98. Tell me if I'm Mm -hmm. wrong. Was that um, Team Canada versus Team America? That was 97. 97. Okay. So we started there um, because a lot, like John is like a walking encyclopedia. I say that about you guys too when it comes to women's wrestling, but like he can recall a match and remember like, Hey, I really like this match because of the way the fans reacted to this exact moment. So we'll go back and watch the entire pay-per-view. And then I'm like, well, I want to see what happens next. Like, I want to yeah. see so we fall down the rabbit hole and that's how we spend our evenings. Like date nights are amazing. So. Well, plus if you're going to do like attitude error stuff, survivor series 97 is kind of a good starting point. Cause like the screw job kind of caused everything to happen. So, um, by the way, if anybody out there is wondering why we did not start with the year in wrestling 1999 for this show, it's because it sucks. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, what? Oh, God. <laughs> Besides yeah. China. Um, okay, so 1999 was, we are going to have, just for that comment, we are going to have a bonus episode at some point of just the entire year of 1999, which is... <laughs> Honestly, basically just about China anyway. So it's one of my favorite I said years. besides China. Yes. Okay. So we, it's basically going to be like new, what? if they only knew. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we are definitely, yeah. For me, 99 was a great year. But yeah, besides that, I will be upfront. It was not the best women's wise. Had a lot of cringy moments. Like, it's weird when I go back and watch it now. Like, I watched like Matt tag match with like Ivory and like, uh, Tori and Sable and I think Jacqueline like right before some WrestleMania. And Sable turns on her. Oh well, yeah, and they did like there was like a Sable bomb that was not good. I was uh, <laughs> I was telling Chas the other day we went out to dinner and I was telling her that I made Eric my roommate um, listen to the Bruce Pitchard episode all about Sable. Oh and lord! You realize how she did? She was not supposed to actually be a wrestler whatsoever. Uh, you don't say. And she just so happened to lose the women's title every time she was going to drop a Deluna. Oh, my God. Rhonda. Um, so anyway. Uh, Sidebar. So- <laughs> oh, my God. Sidebar. Because all of you listening to this are at least slightly women's wrestling fans. If anybody out there has or knows where I can find the classic superstars Luna Vachon action figure. Because that is about the only thing I- I've talked to Jake about this that I'm left looking for that I need for my collection because I don't have a Luna. Please tweet me at Chris Riddle because I need this. And if you have a sensational Sherry, please hit me up as well. I know where you can get a too tough Luna with the real hair. I had that. I went at the boardwalk in Jersey when I was five. Double prizes. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, no, but like, yes, for me, 99 great year but it was the year of china so i mean i'm a little biased so back back to the script did you guys know that lillian garcia is undefeated in in in-ring competition really i mean what is it you undress to impress to be fair though 
are we counting all competition? Because she did not win the bikini contest that Viscera basically disqualified her from when he carried her out of the ring. Is that the one that Victoria ended up turning heel? Yes. Yeah, and brought Christy Hemmys back? Yes. So, I don't even remember how this started. Lillian, after the draft, Lillian and Howard were both on Raw. Howard was announcing, I think he was announcing Heat and then pay-per-views. And he wanted to announce Raw, and he kept cutting, being like a chauvinist pig towards Lillian. He was bitching about, like, only having to work, like, the one-hour show and getting the payday from the pay-per-views. What a prick! (laughs) He ended up sounding a lot like Ivory there. Um, (laughs) Suddenly, I just got a craving for a salad. Anyways, um, so this ends... In the first and hopefully ever tuxedo versus evening gown match, mm. um, where it's 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 a it's a five star classic, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, uh, my favorite Jr. line is, "Lillian is mounting Howard." My God, what did I just say? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think, honestly, though, I think this just shows that Lillian was getting more and more popular with the fans, though. You know, I... She I'm, got so much better. She, she really did. I love Lillian Garcia. To me, She's, like, very high up on my list of people I want to meet. Like, So, I, I know I've mentioned this before, but just in case I haven't, like, she's the reason I got into wrestling. I was, yeah, I was gonna... So, I, was gonna I had to no you. idea. Wait, do so, tell. So I watched wrestling, you know, I, I I told you guys that I grew up on like eighties, like very much, you know, old NWA stuff. But when I started watching live, seeing her ring announce, that was my goal in life. So when I started going to shows and I was coming home and writing on my little MySpace editorial at like 11, um, I wanted to be Lillian never in my wildest dreams did I ever actually want to be a wrestler. Um, now, naturally, I got in the ring, and like I'll toot my horn and say that I loved being on camera and loved being in the ring. So, like, can't relate. Right. So when I would start ring announcing, naturally, I had this baby face persona. I was only thirteen, so like when the the heels would get in and kind of you know trash talk or or try to get their heat, I would sell it to the point where like the fans wanted me to eventually get my redemption. That's the only reason I ever had my first match ever was because. I was a ring announcer. I had been constantly getting berated by the same heels, the same heels. And finally, a tag team came out to kind of, quote unquote, save me. And it led to a six-man tag when I was 14 years old. So, like, this, like, I wanted to be Lillian. I I never in my wildest dreams expected to be a wrestler. Now, I did fall in love with the in-ring aspect of it. um, But I still, now that I'm getting back involved with everything, like, she's the reason I do what I do. She's... I'm doing a lot of backstage interviews and I'm doing like a social media correspondent role in Charlotte, North Carolina right now with PWX wrestling. And that role is very much inspired by, you know, my, my Lillian Garcia, like, you know, being in love with her and then trying to, trying to channel my, my Renee Young from the current product. And like, to me, those two women are groundbreakers and trailblazers when it comes to wrestling. And Lillian will never get the credit she deserves because she didn't have to be a constant in-ring competitor. She was a constant, like, voice on every episode you ever watched. As much like King and JR, like, you can't think of of wrestling without thinking of Lillian. So, all right, I'll get off my soapbox, but I do love I'm, Well, I'm so glad you brought up not only Lillian's name, but I will tell anybody what I'm doing now would not have happened if I didn't see Renee Young doing it and think, hey, 
Renee pulled it off, like, after all these years of work, and she finally did it. Like, I can do this. Like, this has always right. been my dream, too. So, shout out to both of them. I'm going to have to clip that and send it to Lillian, because that was fantastic. Yeah, um, well. <laughs> yeah, I would go so far as to say it's real, raw, and inspiring, Chas, but yeah. honestly. Well, Someone, we got I their like next guest for Chasing Glory, it sounds like. So. Dude, I would die. That you would really, really, really would, good episode. She would, she would find a way to like twist out like your deepest, darkest thing to like make. You I mean, fall. it's a good thing uh, one of our hosts is kind of tight with one of her best friends. You know, well, I, don't know what you're I don't know what you're talking about. Who knows? Maybe it'll be time to rock and roll soon. You never know. Damn it, that was gonna be my line actually. If the damn Funko Pop keeps falling, it ain't gonna be time for anything. Oh Lillian uh, is victorious over Howard after uh, Trish Stratus and Jackie Gata turn on him because he says something about uh, three blonde broads, and Jr. goes, "There's a lot of broads. There's a lot of blondes in the ring, Howard." <laughs> oh, what, what would Chris Riddle be in his life if it wasn't for Jim Ross and Renee Young? Anyways, moving on. Uh, so, uh, you know, somebody's not the lady to mess with, guys. I ain't the lady to mess with. Go. Sidebar, before we sidebar, before we get into it, do we prefer the slow version or the fast version? The slow. Thank you. This is why I love all of you. Who likes the fast version? That's like saying you like the fast version of Candace's theme over the slow one. Hold on, hold on. I I do like the fast version of Candace's theme. I I like me slowing down the fast version of Candace's theme after her last match. That was that was forever. Okay, if moment. you didn't quit a project with me after a 30 character Royal Rumble, you're not going to quit a project with me after <laughs> Candace Michelle's fame. Oh my God, no. The, the, the slow one is so much better because it's got like the sluttier lyrics and stuff like that. I'll make a bag like a dog. Like, I like I don't like the like, the like, the spaz. I mean, like, oh, 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 <laughs> that's actually what happened that's what, did you just channel that character from mad tv a little uh, bit yeah there? that was lorraine <laughs> 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 security security the sad fact oh. is that i got that dead on the second you did it <laughs> um that is like my go-to to annoy doug with that one or amanda Bynes who does the <laughs> <laughs> so my ex that I was dating last summer in Charlotte did that, but he didn't do it right, and it would always piss me off. And Is that why he's now he now he just wears harnesses around Charlotte Pride like a horse. Anyways, moving on. Um, <laughs> so wait, so Victoria's here, and Trish Stratus were fitness models together before WWE, but they were only interested in one of them. So she was waiting, waiting for her opportunity. So Lisa, Lisa Marie Verone, better known as Victoria, had been in developmental for years at this point. We had seen her take on a little bit of a storyline on the main roster as one of the Godfather's hosts. But not the and one that won the hardcore title. Not Bobcat, but no, one of the Godfather. Shortly after this, though, when the Godfather turned into the good father and joined right to censor, uh, the hoes protested. Hold up, I think we're getting a China fact, Justin. Yes, uh-huh. China fact has been received. Victoria, actually, in that role, appeared as the hoe who slept with Eddie Guerrero in the shower. And whenever WWE shows that flashback, they blur out her face. Um, but oh, anyway. for real? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they blur out her face because they don't want them to be like, oh, that's Victoria was a hoe before, like, a champ. And then China came and she uh, had a little conversation with Mandy and Victoria in the back. And they, she shut the door. 
You don't know what happened, but things were thrown about for some reason. Part of the ceiling was ripped out. Like, I don't know what the fuck she did, but. Which is funny to me because didn't China, you may know this, Jake, you may not. Didn't China kind of inspire Victoria to get into the business, if I remember right? The story is Victoria. China would work out at the gym Victoria worked at. Yes. And um, she came up to, I guess, like, you know, she introduced herself to China. And China was like, you know, you have a great look. Like, maybe you should get into this. Did she go up and go, I'm China? I'm China. And welcome to my workout. Oh, actually, I need to get a fucking VHS player because I got a signed copy of her workout video and I need to do it. Yeah, if so. someone has any sort of C9 apparel left from the 90s and the early 2000s, please tweet at Jake isn't Jacob. Yes. Definitely. If anybody has any China merchandise at all, tweet Jake. And if Jake already has it, tweet me. Yes, yeah. It's all China, all China stuff is welcome here. The China shirt for sure. We're currently shopping for a house and I need a China room. So, gotta get the cardboard. The peacock lounge. <laughs> Jake, you know what you need to be for Halloween? What? Oh, wait. Halloween? Oh, no, I already know. I want to be China and Ivory at WrestleMania. No, want, you want... need to be Ivory. Oh, well, no, I want to wait, be Ivory. Wait, Ivory and Ivory's? I want to <laughs> That's actually a good idea. Um, no, I you need to be Ivory in the right to center With the cardboard? With That's the like... cardboard! <laughs> It actually would be really good. Well, I was gonna make Doug dress up as Ivory, and I was gonna be China at WrestleMania. Like, I was gonna say WWE Shop remade the old Intercontinental Championship, so now's I your know. time to really do it. I have to get both. Well, when we move into the house, I'm gonna get both because um, I wanted. Then I could do all the outfits. So um, I look forward like, to flying up for Jake's housewarming party because I'm sure there's gonna be a wrestling room. <laughs> but the question is, is he gonna be uh, WrestleMania 17 or Judgment Day 2001? That is a both. All of them. I well, I have part of the Judgment Day one already. Yeah, I was gonna say hello, wetting. I so. might need more pyro than a couple of years ago though. <laughs> you... Jake's wedding for those who aren't super close with them had more pyro than wwe's had in the last three years no lie yeah, that's Dude, when that, that much little... pyro's a studio apartment three years ago legit, <laughs> legit that wedding was better i will still say that's better than any wrestling thing i've ever been to oh, like in my life and i still talk about the food to this day <laughs> any wedding i'll go to although i will public shout out to teddy ireland his wedding a couple years ago did have some pretty amazing food hit up his brother's catering service but <laughs> jake's wedding made golden corral look like mcdonald's in terms of amount of food they had there was a lot of food i don't think anyone left hungry except actually maybe me i didn't really eat so <laughs> Well, geez, it's almost like you didn't have time or something. I Yeah, no, I was like, I mean, like, the only things I think, I picked up my dinner, and, like, I ate, like, a smidge before, like, we got married, married, um, and then that's about it. I think I had, like, a, I drank more than I ate, but whatever. I think me and Caitlin's favorite, Celeste's favorite, was the potato skin bar. Oh, yeah, that potato was a Potato skin yeah. bar? Potato skin bar, not just potato skin. All I heard skins, was Italian gravy bar. station. I had no idea there was a potato no, skin there, bar. Jose, there was there was <laughs> there was eight dessert stations. If it tells you anything, <laughs> there was three open bars. There was but no every gobblers. food, every food you could think of. I'm sure there was turkey somewhere. There were some gobblers. There was the definitely next day. like something with like a turkey situation at some point. 
Side side note, there, uh, I was uh, rooming with Diva Dirt Legend Chrissy, and um, the next day was Gobbler Day. Like that had to be the thing, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we couldn't decide if we wanted a hot or cold one. So it's like, okay, we'll each get. Well, uh, Chrissy will get a cold. I'll get a hot. Well, Chrissy, or other way around. Chrissy didn't like it, <laughs> and I loved it. So I ended up being both of them. <laughs> Yeah. And this is like eight o'clock in the morning and I had no shame. All right. Um, Let's get back. So, uh, you know who wanting the lady to mess with? Victoria. So she, yeah, so she debuts. Um, she's got, um, not the best attire, but she's there. Um, so this had been a long time coming though, for real. It really was. Well, it was weird though too, because like, I feel like they brought her up and which is great. She deserved it. She was there a long time. And I know she was doing some awesome stuff in OVW at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, I definitely remember hearing about her. And this is like before the internet was really right. like booming and stuff like that. So like to hear about her then before she was on the main roster, I felt like was kind of a big deal. Um, you know, especially for women. So she was on the main roster. Uh, she, I think she was just kind of like tagging with like ivory and tagging with molly for a little bit not really having a character so much well um, i we need to talk about her debut um remember wasn't it the whole injury angle i think with, that was later i think that okay. one was that was her first was just like i think a random tag with molly okay um but then i know when she started to really like develop a character i think that was like the first shades of a character the injury thing right the whole fake kick trish thing yeah um that's really the first thing i kind of remember of her which is interesting because at the time at her debut there wasn't really any real direction there at first it no so because yeah, like trish was sort of feuding with molly again by default and um won back her title but then like from there yeah like it was kind of like all right where who's going where what's going on who's the next contender um, and Victoria stepped up because, to be honest, I thought it was going to be Ivory. Right. Like, Ivory was drafted back to Raw. Yeah, we had just talked about that. Yeah. Um, and boy, she thought she was crazy. So, <laughs> but, um, yeah, this segment with Victoria where Victoria was like acting like a psycho. Um, back for those of you who don't know what the hell. I was crazy. I'm just going to host the WWE experience with Todd Grissom. Yeah. yeah. Come on. <laughs> Can I tie? Yeah. Where's the car, so, um, Pertons. but anyway, so she's like, you know, Victoria's starting to like show these sides of real aggression and just like, you know, it comes out in an interview that like, they're like, why do you hate Trish Stratus so much? You know? And then we find out that there's this whole thing where Victoria was also a fitness model like Trish. Cause if anyone knows Trish Stratus, her history was she was a fitness model. WWE was interested. They signed her. So it, Honestly, it's a storyline that wrote itself. I don't really know if they really did know each other prior to WWE. I don't uh, think so. No, there were actual pictures from them. Oh, like, are there really? Yeah, oh. uh, Trish, Tori, and Victoria. You're right. Oh, see, I always thought that was just some shit they, like, put together. I know exactly, because I remember the video now, where it's just like, it's like, we were all fitness models, and then it's like, <laughs> and the, the picture cuts in half. <laughs> like, like, that was a good video package, by the way. Um, but, so- uh, We've got kind of this personal history here, and I, I want to throw to Chess. As a former worker, what, like, when you've got in ring and out of ring, if you've got that storyline or even in real life, that personal history, does that kind of help out your in ring chemistry, you think? 100%. So I wrestled 
Tessa Blanchard 19 Six times. million times. <laughs> like 19 times in one summer. Traveling together, eating together, rooming together. I mean, we literally spent every waking second together. And, and for the record, I was there after the very first one. You were. <laughs> and contrary to like what I'm sure people would assume, we don't get in the car and like think like, okay, what are we going to do tonight in our match? It's not that. But you learn so much about that person and you learn you know, the way they interact and the way that they react and the way that they just create this art in the ring that when you're in there with them, not that our first 19 matches were ever worth going back into watching. So please don't. But like, I think the vast majority of them are actually for the, no, from what I've seen, they're good. They actually are not to toot Chastity's horn, but toot motherfucking toot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just think she and I were so close personally outside of the ring that it made everything we did in the ring mean something because we were not just trying to prove it to ourselves we were proving it to one another and every single person on the internet or in the crowd who was doubting her ability because she was second generation and like they were putting these huge these huge burdens on her shoulder and then I felt like I was following in the shadows or the footsteps of her so like we have so much pressure on us but more than anything we wanted the other person to succeed like we just wanted to make sure that like we were in it together and I think that personal relationship really helped so Victoria and Trish knowing one another made for really really great matches because there was such a personal sense of like comfort when they were in the ring together and I love that and not only that, but I think in a way there was probably a chip on both girls' shoulder. Trish is new. She's kind of the eight girl. She's supposed to be the top baby face. You know, she's just gotten the title back, which we'll talk about in a second. But Victoria as well, we talked about all the time she spent. And, and Trish, for anybody that's ever talked to her, all she wanted to do was wrestle. All she wanted to do was prove everybody wrong. All she wanted to do was get better. She'll tell she'll tell Stella that to this day. Victoria as well, she spent so much time in developmental and saw all these girls come in mm. and just kind of pass her by. You know there had to be a chip on her shoulder as well when she came in. All right, they finally given me my chance. I'm going to take everything I can to make something of it. Right. She definitely had to have come in, you know, with an attitude like, you know, this, I've got to make the most of my opportunity. Because she was really, honestly, I felt like, given what the role she was given her first run, you know, making the most out of that, she came out with a lot of personality all the time. Um, granted, she wasn't wrestling then, but, you know, she was she was able to be there. But, yeah, it must have been frustrating because she was in developmental, I want to say, about two years yeah, after Yeah, she was that. even in UPW before they originally signed her wow. to UPW. She was John in Memphis, Cena. too. Wow. Cause, yeah. Because I went back and, yes, I, I Jerry Lawler with a burning passion, whatever, but I actually will go back and watch Memphis tapes, and I'll Ooh, tell you what. my connection's not working again. And, and oh. Chess can, <laughs> can kind of understand this, and Chess will understand what I mean by this. It is trashy Southern wrestling at its finest. Yeah. Because the angles, yes, you understand. We were raised in the same area. You know what I mean by this. Memphis, if anybody ever gets bored, and everybody's sitting here probably going, Chris Riddle watches Memphis stuff. Yes, go watch you some Memphis wrestling and Power Pro BS. And that is the catty stuff that I love. Wait, but because Chris, important question. Which is the guiltier pleasure? Memphis wrestling or old WCW circa 2000? WCW circa 2000. And Chaz can relate to this one with John as well. It's yes. like kind of like exposure therapy. Like, and, and me and Eric will do this. We don't really want to watch it. 
And once you put it on, you're kind of just so enthralled by how horrible it is. What? It was so good. Um, I, I don't know. Because it's so bad. Uh, see, no, I loved, like, that. T- I, well, uh, to be fair, though, but, like, look at the women's roster, like, in, like, 2000s. <laughs> like, I mean, like, or just, like, the women they had signed, rather. Like, all of, like, the ones, like, I would really love, like, Tori, Stacey, Medeja, who is Major Guns. Major Guns. Paisley. Sidebar, like, um, there's going to have to be a day where we do bonus episode on WCW, right? Yeah. Like, that has yeah. to happen. Yeah, I just want to talk, well, I just want to talk about these skanks. Skanks. <laughs> oh my god, the uh, what is oh god, the, the Nitro girlfriend? Who is that? Or AC what, Jazz? CJ or what the fuck is her name? AC Jazz, I think, right? Oh, yep. Or AC Moore? No, it's AC Jazz. <laughs> AC Moore? That may be the worst promo in wrestling. Said, what the hell? <laughs> that may be the worst promo in wrestling history oh. until CWF decided to give Chris Riddle a microphone. <laughs> 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 uh, I I don't know. I love someone was posting that on Twitter a while ago, and it was my it favorite one. I would watch it all the way through whenever it showed up. It was probably liberally. It was let's liberally. be real. Yeah. Gangs, forget gangs. Another one of my favorite accounts right now, real quick. Foxy thought is really funny. Also, yes, <laughs> I really like Foxy thought. Yes. Shout out to them. I know they're listening. Yeah. Um, Taryn, please. Like, literally, you don't know how much that me and Jake just quote you on a daily basis. Like, literally just send your tweets. Like, yeah, I don't think you I've been get... in the group chat without a Liver Leave tweet since, what, 2018? Like, we have two things. We have a Gail Kim tweet of the week and a Liver Leave tweet of the week. <laughs> and sometimes it turns into a trivia game. And sometimes it turns into a trivia game. Is this a Gail Kim tweet or a Taryn tweet? <laughs> you, you can never tell. So let's go away from Victoria for a second and back to Molly. Trish faces Molly in a rematch for the women's title at Unforgiven 2002. What I remember about this one is the really cool finish out of it. Trish had kind of, we talked about it previously. It was almost like Trish was being punished due to this. What From what we've heard, and I don't know if this is true, there was some sort of situation where she didn't want to um, kiss Tori Wilson. And she lost the title shortly afterwards. But, Molly, okay, hold on. I want to chime in. Go ahead. The reasoning behind this, I love. Like, I love reading her speaking about this. She said that she was willing to do so much. And, like, she would definitely, like, sexualize herself when she felt it was going to further her character. But she said that she did not understand why kissing Tori Wilson would further her character. She said, I will do it if you can tell me why it makes sense. And that no one in that room could tell her where they would go from there. And she said, then I'm not going to do that. Which I completely agree with. To me, hearing that as a, I probably heard that like later in life, but I remember growing up also, and this is a like kind of a segue here, but I remember growing up reading either in the magazines or maybe on the dirt sheets back when I used to read them online, like with my little dial up internet, that Stacey Keebler refused a boob job. I remember reading that. Oh, I I remember reading that too. I remember reading that too. And I loved that about her. It made me love her so much more because I like, you know, another sidebar, I grew up with a single dad. He's the reason I got into wrestling. Like he got me, you know, shout out to the legend Dean Taylor. Yes. Amen. So, you know, my dad was a single dad, wrote a Harley, like complete and utter badass. We used to have all the WWE women's playboys like on the back of our toilet bowl. And like, I never looked at these women as like sexual beings. Like to me, they were the most beautiful, strong, mm-hmm. gorgeous. Exactly. Yes. Powerhouses. Right. So like as a little girl, I did not look at them and think like, oh, my God, they're naked. I looked at them as like, look at their bodies. They're they're these beautiful, hard hitting, crazy 
crazy talented women. So then to read that Stacey Keebler refused a boob job made me love her because I was like, I'm not going to get a boob job when I get to WWE. <laughs> like, I was so motivated. Like, to me, that showed that she was not just beautiful and not just talented, but she was smart and she was driven and she was going to stick to her guns. So mm -hmm. back to the Trish thing, when I heard that Trish refused this, it made me love her even more because we all remember the Mickey James things later on in life. We remember like we've had, you know, so many very like girl on girl scenes that sometimes just seemed cringeworthy because they were so unnecessary. Right, so totally. I love that I'm she sorry. stood her ground. I love that she stood her ground for this. So there's my soapbox. I well, and, you know, respect her even more for standing her ground on that. Well, and, and to your point, there's certain things that make sense. Mickey James and Trish was a storyline that had a payoff. Yeah, that made that sense. makes sense. Yeah. And like Jose said, stuff like HLA or Trish kissing Tori, stuff like that, that's just shock value for the shake of shock value. Right, exactly. I have no issue with shock value as long as there's a reasoning behind it. Everything done in wrestling, like everything done in life, should have a reason behind it. Don't just throw stuff out there for the sake of throwing stuff out there, unless you're Vince Verso in 2000. But anyways, so Trish wins back the women's title for Molly. This was a very good match from what I remember. Two of the hardest workers out there at the time. So Trish is now a three-time women's champion. What I remember most fondly about this is that really cool um, counter out of the Bulldog. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the finish. So yeah, that Molly, was, yeah, Molly and Trish pulled that off. I remember one of Trish's first singles matches um, in 2001 with Molly. She pulled that off, and it, Molly sold that like death. Do you guys feel like though? I and I remember feeling like this when I was younger too. That this match kind of came out of nowhere to me, and that Molly kind of dropped the title abruptly. Like I don't. I mean, because it just felt like a lot of her reign was wasted doing really nothing. To be honest. Well, I mean, I think uh, it, part of it is just because at the time, the women weren't really doing anything either. Because, I mean, you right. have that well, whole the, summer of 2002 where you go from, okay, Molly won the title to, okay, Molly's dropping the title with, like, nothing of significance in between. I think I was just disappointed, though, too, because at that time, the title was still in her brand. Well, I think, like, in September, it stopped being in her brand. But it was in her brand for a while. So, like, she had, like, one or two matches with Tori. But, like, a legitimate program with a pay-per-view match, I think could have happened. Yeah. Like for SummerSlam. I mean, like, Stacey got a shot against Trish. There was no yeah. reason why Tori couldn't have a one-off against, and we're not saying that Tori had to win. No, no, no. I think, but I think like a one-off, like real match with them would have been great. Yeah. But it's just like, I don't know. It just felt like kind of a waste of thing. Granted, there weren't really a lot of like faces for Molly to wrestle, like other than like Jacqueline, who, WWE never really took the time to invest in in that t after like you know like the Sable days unfortunately, but um you know it's just there's Trish was really her only contender so but it just it just felt very abrupt to me it felt like there was really no build for this matchup going into it it was just kind of like okay Trish is facing Molly again it was literally almost like okay we're done punishing Trish for the Tory thing we're right, gonna put the title back right. on that that's what it felt like to me I mean. I, <sighs> I know the match was great. It was fine. And it was nice. I like. Oh, no, Trish. it's not their fault at all. You know, it's, yeah. Mm. I, I really liked Trisha's moment at the end, too, of that match. The promo afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I thought that was really great. And I, I know WWE is getting a lot of mileage about it because I still see it in promos all the time. I mean, <laughs> like, I'm. Uh, I'm mm. Let's not act like Chris Riddle is innocent of not using that all the time either. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, so it's just like, it was a really, it was a feel-good moment. It came out of nowhere, but I think it also, 
I, it was a way of like Trisha's punishment is over because like the, even that promo too was like a way to be like I'm back on top like you know like like sort of. but not only that like okay so while we were just talking I pulled it up and kind of flashed it's like an eight and a half minute segment if you look it up online um, which actually but, for the time frame is a lot of time for them yeah it's about two and a half minutes longer than anything else we've really addressed mm-hmm. and talked about in the last four episodes. But so I watched the finish. Um, I love that it was like a wheelbarrow into the bulldog. That was such a, like, to me, more agile than even for, for Trish, who was super, super flexible, always doing like the, the super agile flexible yeah. things. To me, that was, that showed the strength of Molly. Holy moly. To be oh, able yeah. to like completely hold up another oh, human she's weight. A like power lifter, right? Right. Like, great, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Strong. Good yeah. point, Jake. So that was impressive. But then um, going back and looking at the promo just now, I didn't have the sound on, so I just watched. The emotion in her eyes, yeah. it was far more than just acting. So that was her truly feeling like her punishment was over. Like, I've worked my butt off to be here. I deserve this, and here I am. I'm going to prove to you that I can be more. To me, I think this was like a turning moment where she decided I can be more than a sex like sex symbol. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she realized that, you know, like she stood her ground. She, she didn't kiss Tori. She took her punishment and now she's ready to like whoop ass and take names. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I think we can all really respect about Trish too, is like, she's all definitely someone who came into this business, not knowing a thing, you know, and really wanted to really get every part of it, really become, become this business. And she did, you know, Can I tell you who I think when you say all of that, who I think of in today's era, who's that? Okay, I'm going to see if you guys can guess or who your opinion would be. Who do you think is a essentially like a performance center pro like seed was planted there and grown there, completely came in from a no wrestling background and has turned in or has the potential to turn into an absolute star. I will go on record and say they're already on the main roster. See, with, I have two, with no prior indie experience. Yes. I have two that come to my mind. I want to see cuz uh, I mean there's the obvious one and there's the not so obvious one, but I have glimpses of like right things in the future from the not so To be honest, one. okay, so I know so the, my first thought is someone, but like I know they don't have the best attitude about things. From what I hear, um but I'm going to say allegedly allegedly <laughs> no friends anyway so uh, my guess I'm trying to think who's on like both shows right now um i really i mean i don't know if anyone's gonna agree with me i think sonia has a lot of that in her um okay. i i think she seems like kind of someone who's like on board to like learn new things. I well, think Alexa um, see, shows a lot of shades of it also. See, Alexa oh, Lexi, seems Lexi, like an Lexi, obvious yeah. one, but I was actually going to say Liv Morgan. Or oh yeah. Lacey Evans. Oh, I mean, Lacey. Oh, have God. Lacey. Said who I think who I was thinking. Oh, really? Of. I mean, yeah. okay. Do you consider Charlotte to be just homegrown from the performance center or is her wrestling no. pedigree? See, see, that's what I, I was going to say, I but her. I don't know. I don't because I saw her working in the high spots ring in Charlotte, North Carolina. And therefore to me, she did not get, take her first bump. At the yeah. Point. Ooh. Um, guys, she's on the main roster now. Okay. Y'all are still guessing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm still guessing. I'm yeah, fascinated I'll, I'll, by I'll, this. I like a few more guesses. It doesn't matter like, what brand they are things. on, does it? No. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, does it matter for anyone? <laughs> True <laughs> you, story. What is, you, what is a brand? Wild card. What is brand? Yeah. <laughs> what is brand? Um, what is next? Um, okay, so you know, I don't, I you know, okay, well, obviously, you know who my pick gonna be now too. They're not really on the main roster, but the Bellas. <clears throat> you said no. spots because I'm thinking because it's a current. Jeez. 
God. No, no, no. He was saying that uh, Charlotte trained at high spots, so it doesn't count. Yeah, that is fair. Um, um, I, I, truly, I truly think the Bellas, like, wanted to invest in this business. Uh, they what? took their time with it. And, you know, I don't think they expected to want to love it. But, like, their second run especially, I think they really wanted to learn the ins and outs of it. Oh, no. I completely agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I was about to say Mandy Rose, but. That's oh, my yeah. girl. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I could tell just by, like, the way that she after Tough Enough and when she was doing some stuff in NXT with Ember Moon, like, I could tell, like, okay, she's starting to take to this like a sponge. You know, yeah. I'm surprised they haven't, like, invested more in her yet. Um, I think right now they're still working on her look. I think she is... Okay, so my my theory on her, I watched that Tough Enough season religiously. I was living in my college apartment. All of my roommates would watch it with me because it was reality TV and it was easy to suck in, even a non-wrestling fan. It and they got very season. They got very invested. Um, on a personal level, I loved Sarah Lee. I would be tweeted a hundred times a week that I looked like her or that we were twins. Oh, shit. <laughs> we oh get God. it all the time. So Ladies actually, and gentlemen, Chas, you're one of my best friends, but we found the one Sarah Lee fan out there. Yep. Really? Guys, I loved her. And so I'll tell oh, you that I met her um, at New Year's, this past New Year's. And when I was uh, going in to meet her, like, or, you know, walking into the room, I was thinking, like, God, I don't, she's not going to know who I am. Like, we've been tagged together, we're tweeted together, but we've never actually met. I walked in and she said, Oh my God, it's my internet twin. And to me, that meant a lot because, like, Oh my gosh, that is that, awesome, though. Like, it was, it was a very, like, you know, private kind of New Year's party. It was a bunch of the guys that John's really close with, and we were all together. And she would just treat me like royalty. She was so kind and so sweet. And I, again, watched that Tough Enough season loving Sarah Lee. However, okay, I take back everything I said now. Love you, Sarah. <laughs> so, no more pound cake jokes. Watching that <laughs> season, though, Mandy Rose, to me, was the superstar. Mm -hmm. She took to the promo class oh, yeah. like she had just been doing this her whole life. She was already built like a freaking brick house. Like she mm. had the strength and the agility and the body for it. So all she needed to do was learn the moves. And you can teach a wet mop how to do the moves. She had that it factor from the first day of promo class. That's the hardest part to teach is character. So give her a couple of years. To me, okay, here's my theory on her, y'all. She could e she could be Randy Orton in two different ways. She could either be the Randy Orton of evolution where he is destined for greatness and somehow falls flat or he could she could be the randy orton that's always so close to being in a main event picture or even is in the main event picture multiple times but is never just going to be the top girl of the company because she is in a class of crazy talented women but she has the power right. to move mountains in this industry she has the look the attitude the sex appeal and the raw talent that that is undeniable. So she is absolutely my today's version of Trish. I agree. I think mm -hmm. Alexa is fantastic. I think Charlotte is destined to be. You know, she's a Hall of Famer already in everyone's eyes. I think Carmella is another. Girl oh yeah, yeah. Oh, Carmella is so underrated. Carmella is one hundred percent one of those girls that when we talk now about the golden era, we talk about Trish and Lita, and we talk about Jazz and Victoria, and we're talking about Molly. Like twenty years from now, we're going to talk about. Carmella and Alexa Bliss and Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair like and Mandy Rose is going to be one of those names we talk about like I firmly believe it and I feel like Mandy and Carmella are going to be the names that we sit here and go you know what they never got enough credit but they were so good yeah I hope I hope I feel like Carmella will probably be but I really hope like we get to see a lot out of Mandy to be honest I feel like whenever they break her and Sony up that's when we're going to get to see mm -hmm. 
you know, like her on her own, like the whole time. Like I'm excited for like the inevitable like feud between those two, which is going to be coming well, sooner honestly, than later. I think they have more potential on their own. I agree. Oh, I well, really it, do. It, it's got it honestly well because like with Sonya being on Total Divas this season, you know. WWE is going to cash in on that and milk, like, the LGBT thing for all they can. And, you know, Sonya's going to be her own girl. Um, she's going to split from Mandy. And Mandy's going to be the heel bitch and, like, really dominate. I, I really just hope we're getting a Mandy title run, like, eventually. I'd love yep. to see it. I think she'd be so good as a champ. So well, you know what? Before that happens, I think, and I said this um, when the women's tag titles were introduced... They were my pick to win it, like oh, more yeah. so than Billy and Peyton, because Billy and Peyton, they were a very natural tag team. They're best friends. They started together. Like, I get it. But my pick for the women's titles were, were Sonya and Mandy, and I still think that they're owed one, and then I want that to be the feud. I want to see those two break up and feud more than I want to see Peyton and Billy, because I think when Peyton and Billy feud, one of them's going to get left in the dust, whereas the other one's yep. going to sign. Mm -hmm. But I think in Sonya and Mandy, you're going to see two stars. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I'm excited for it. I just, I just hope, you know, like, they're not overshadowed. Like, honestly, it kind of bothers me that, like, for this upcoming pay-per-view, it looks like the women's title matches are both, like, four horsewomen matches. Mm -hmm. Like, which, because I'm just kind of like, it always bothers me when, like, they act like they're, like, the only women who are really doing anything to, like, move this revolution along. Um, so it's just, it's frustrating. So I'm hoping, you know, that changes eventually. I know we have to deal with that for a little longer, but whatever. Um, so anyway, um, back to... You know who Trish Stratus had to deal with? Victoria. Secret. Victoria. Victoria. So Victoria is all pissy. Trish's champ again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, did it ever bother you guys? This is an unrealistic thing for me. This is a stupid thing, rather, for me to complain about. Why was the cardboard cutout of Trish, like, micro size that Victoria always beat up? Like, why was it not a full body size of Trish? <laughs> I think it was one of those mini standees that they had at the Why? Time. Loosen up the purse strings. Like, my God. Um, but anyway, so... I really, what, Victoria really started to go crazy during this time. Her segments just got better and better each week. And you could Which see I love because she really didn't have a defined character when oh, she first no. debuted. No. And like the thing is, it's just like, so they, they sort of did the crazy fan thing. Like, well, Victoria wasn't really a fan, but like they, they, there's been different variations of the crazy character before, you know? Um, but Victoria's was just like so unique because she was gorgeous too, you know? So, like, it was, like, she didn't come out there looking like a psychopath. You know, she would, like, she would, like, mess with her hair and shit. But, like, she just, like, she looked like a beautiful bombshell. But she was crazy. Like, I loved when she, they had her do stuff, like, come out in Trisha's hat. Because um, she just wanted to be Trish Stratus. I loved when, it was around when they were doing the GTV shit, too. Yes, I loved that. Uh, I showed Doug this segment recently where she attacked Terry in the back. And he's like, is this porn? Like, when she's, like, ripping Terry's clothes off. And, like, Terry's rolling around in her thong in the back. But did she <laughs> attack Lindsay? <laughs> <laughs> so, then that led to one of my all-time favorite segments. When, you know, Terry was supposed to have, like, a match with Victoria. And she's like, I'm not going out there and wrestling her. Um, I've got other plans tonight. But anyways. Oh, my like, God. I just had so uh, many flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I mean, on that note, I mean, it wasn't really much of one, but let's talk about the match. Yeah. So, so Victoria's like, 
come out, Terry, so I can obliterate you. I think she actually said something like that. No, like, I thought it was like something like, and your little puppies too. Oh, no, no, that's when she got in the ring. So then Terry comes out and she's like, Terry, you have such pretty little eyes and pretty little puppies just like Trish Stratus and she just like starts beating her Terry sells an incredible bump like on the ramp oh Terry well, Reynolds could sell like that oh, she was so Terry was like she was like the the original Maria Canellis because for lack of a better person but, like <laughs> you know like it's just like you know like she was an announcer she wasn't a wrestler but you wanted to get behind her and cheer for her um, like I remember she got like the upper hand of that fight for like a second and everyone was going crazy for her like, I can remember her doing cross bodies. Well, you may say was, she's not a wrestler, but she's, undefe- she's undefeated at WrestleMania. Terry had a match at WrestleMania? The cow fight. Oh, shit, you're right. Oh, my God. Duh. The only singles match on that card? Oh, another shit pay-per-view. Oh, besides China's won her match. And she had a wardrobe malfunction. If you see her ass, you can kiss it, too. So sleeper uh, drop. So, but, um... So anyway, but yeah, so Terry, Victoria, they have this great segment. It really beefs up the feud. Trish comes out as Victoria is grabbing a ladder to beat up Terry Moore. And Trish, boom, hits the other end of the ladder. Such a good spot. Victoria in the face. Um, They had a segment a few weeks earlier where Victoria hit Trish with a chair. Like, just the segments, the brutality these two were starting to show was like something really we hadn't seen. Cause we've seen hardcore matches before, but they were like, Oh, here's an iron. Like, you know, like they didn't really do anything, but except like hit each other with broomsticks. Yeah. This was violent for the women. Well, we also have to remember that chair shot. Trish literally took it unprotected straight to the head yeah. and it was the wrong side of the chair on top of that. So, I mean, Chastity, you've been All in right. the ring. Yeah. Chastity Taylor. We need to shots, know what goes into any sort thoughts. of kind of weapon spot, especially something as dangerous and protected as a chair shot to the head do you guys know who you're talking to does it look like i ever took a weapon shot <laughs> but i'm sure you've been no. a, i, I know your boyfriend it's probably something i know your boyfriend has because i've been present for them so well, i remember tess um not even tess it was actually casey carlisle and i um oh what an underrated queen for the record freaking lutely she and i had a, an extremely fun short-lived it was year-long but like the shows were like quarterly so for the entire year of i believe 2000 so it's about as often as we do this podcast it feels like it <laughs> um we had a feud going on down in wilmington for promotion and the the big blow-off was going to be a last woman standing match and unfortunately, um, a lot of North Carolina drama came out at the time, and the show was canceled, and we've never gotten that match, and we won't ever. But we were prepping. Not in that promotion. Yeah, we were prepping and preparing for this last woman standing match, and it was at a bar show. And I remember telling my dad, like, Dad, I really want to make this as good as we can. Like, I want to take, like, I want to take a, a pile driver on the bar. Like, I want a chair shot. I want, you know, I was, like, ready to go all out. I was going to get color. Like, I was ready to do this. Um, and I never really like, there was never a thought of how to go into it. It was just going to be prepare for the, prepare for the worst and ex- or what is it? Prepare for the best, expect the worst. Like, right. yeah, it's going to hurt, but we're going to make it look like killer. So no, I've never taken it. I've seen guys. Um, and with this whole talk of like unprotected chair shots to the head and stuff, like just this weekend at the show I was at in Charlotte, North Carolina, the main event was a ladder match and I watched one competitor, um, take a really nasty spine buster to the corner on a ladder and oh. up for, for a solid 90 seconds 
Um, he was completely unconscious, eyes closed. Um, the last probably two and a half minutes of the match when his eyes were open, he was out on his feet. There's pictures of him um, where like he just looked like he had been run over by, you know, a, a semi truck. It was it was scary. So I think the weapons and stuff that these girls were willing to bring in, like props to them, because this was still an era where we weren't really sure how to protect ourselves. We weren't really sure what what to do and what not to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I give credit to them because a lot of this stuff, Jose, was first time we'd ever seen it, especially right. that chair shot. Oh no, that's I still legendary. Remember. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love, I love, love, love that chair shot. I, th- I think it really got everyone. This was one of the first pay-per-views I can remember where a lot of the fans were actually very excited for the women's match going into Survivor Series. Um, you know, they actually, the girls actually had another match at um, No Mercy that year as well. Um, it was a little less heated than this one was. Yeah, that was before <laughs> Victoria kind of ramped up the yeah. crazy character. A lot of people don't talk about that one. It was a good. It was a good match. You know. Also, a fun fact: No Mercy was a two women's match pay per view. Is that we one had, of the first ones? Maybe. Yeah, Tori and Dawn was also a match of that one. So that was like one of the first well, ones. That we had I actually, I think it would be a good idea to save the rest of the Tori and Dawn talk because. Y'all, we going yeah. to do a whole. Oh yeah, that, next episode that is definitely going to get. Um, that that is our next yeah. episode. Yeah, what did I call it? Room, whatever the room was at Armageddon. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh god. Oh no. Oh, I'll wait. bring the lamp. I'm gonna get the transcript from um, our former co-host for other podcasts, Erin Lynch. Yes, we, we was, may have to have her do a guest spot on this one. She was in attendance for that, and it's one of my favorite stories. When they aired the footage from that, it's one of my favorite stories. So. She's there with her family as they air the footage of Don Marie and Tori Wilson in the hotel room. Oh my god. So let's talk about uh, the last thing we're going to talk about in this episode. One of my most memorable childhood pay-per-view matches um victoria trish stratus a hardcore match for the women's championship at survivor series 2002 first of all i'm going to talk about this because i think technically chronologically it's next episode that she debuts it but first of all (laughs) victoria's tattoo entrance music yeah, maybe she, the greatest female entrance music of all time. Okay, is that the one that all the things she said? Yeah. Yep. Yes! yes! Which I can it. confirm she still uses to this day on the independence for her last year. She does? Good. Yeah, I saw book? her in January. I heard that. I'm like, oh, God, I'm glad I get to see this one last time. What a good... Uh, I, it was, like, honestly, I loved it. And, like, it was it was huge, too, though, because, like, first of all, WWE, let's be for real, they're not really with the times. Uh-huh. And... That was, like, a current song on the radio at that time. So it was, like, oh, wow, it makes sense. And it was for a woman, too. Women never get, like, real songs as their entrance music. Trish and so, Leader are the only other ones I can think of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, Stacey had, like, like that ripoff of ZZ Top. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Those were all produced for WWE. Right. True. Like, like, this was, like, a song, like, not made for WWE that they, like, went out and sought out and were, like, hi, we have someone we want to use this with. Um, and also, first of all, Tattoo CD is really good. 200 kilometers or whatever in the wrong direction. It's a good CD. Fucking buy it. Even um, though they're trash human beings. Are they? Wait, are I they mean, let's be honest. Wait, are yeah. they shit people? 
apparently they dislike the LGBT community or something. I heard something. I have to verify That's it, so I don't want to throw stick. it out there. I but, remember yeah. that when they performed at the VMAs or whatever, and they had all the girls rip off their skirts, and, like, they were all wearing skanky panties. And Ashton There Kutcher was something. I have to verify it, so I don't want to mm-hmm. say too much, but there was I'm, something there. I'm going to have to research this. Everyone, please submit all of your stories about Tattoo Together mm-hmm. Against the Universe, um, please. Yes, so. they did lose their minds. Uh, but anyway, I but see yeah. what you did there, Jose. That was very good. <laughs> but it was a great theme. She debuted it, yeah, at Armageddon, and it was sad because her first entrance with it sucked. But because um, they just had her like run out while Jacqueline and Trish were already fighting. Um, I re- but... the thing I remember about that is they did a whole feature on it on Heat before the pay per view. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. It was so, I remember, like, it because it was in December, and I remember, like, going to my aunt's house for Christmas Eve, and it being the only song, like, some shitty version I downloaded off of, like, WinRAR or whatever, like, like, like LimeWire. Lime, like, yeah, whatever, Huzzah. like, WinAmp. It really kicks the llama's ass. Napster. So, like, um, I love that song. Um, but anyway, so, but yeah, so the, she had her, like, whatever generic, like, music that, like, Brock Lesnar could have used or something. Like, a <laughs> <laughs> like um, her outfit, though, was awesome. I love a bodysuit. Um, and, uh, you know, this match, though, so brutal. Um, my only, I have one gripe with it, though. There is, the, well, you know, the yeah. elephant in the room. So... Well, I don't know if mine's the same as you guys. So, actually, I have two gripes. I have two. I have two. I'm pissed. She did shit with the mirror. Um, well, well, so you know the story behind that, right? Wait, what's shit. the story? I don't know the, the story. The story is that that was supposed to be the finish, <gasps> and Tris accidentally stepped on it, so they had to improvise. And then I think there was going to be the fire extinguisher, but the fire extinguisher didn't work properly. Oh, okay, yeah. pull a pin on another one. Uh, actually, I remember this. Uh, if you follow our friends at Ring the Bell, uh, when she, uh, DS interviewed Molly Holly and Victoria, she actually talks about this in great detail. And uh, shout out to DS. If you stay tuned to Ring the Bell on YouTube, um, DS actually has another upcoming interview more in depth with Victoria. So stay tuned Ooh, for that one. He has an interview also coming up with Tori. So if you guys yes. want to hear her side of what we're going to talk about next episode, which I hope he talked about, I'm going to be disappointed in him if he didn't. Um, <laughs> tune in. So. Well, they do Tori's top five moments, so I'm sure that will be. Oh, it's got to be. Something with Dawn yeah. has to be on that list. Yeah. So, so there's that. Uh, yeah, so follow at Ring the Bell with an EDS on Twitter. One of our favorite people in the universe. I had a very nice chat with him yesterday as we oh. recorded this. He he said some very nice things about us on Twitter. So. He's so he's the nicest guy. Like honestly, mm-hmm. like very very humbled. Like honestly, like we when we were doing our stuff years ago, we were just doing it for like shits and giggles. So like it's actually very nice to hear like stuff we were doing years ago inspired someone to do something else so he like, listened to us in c on cd when he was in the army like how crazy is that yeah so yeah we love you gs um we also love you lola we love you joey and love Paloma. You Paloma. like yeah the whole gang you're all wonderful and fabulous also, joey's joey's been acting a little weird lately i don't know what's up with joey i know i think he's mad because he wasn't booked for that restless revival i'm not booked 
Um, I love this. Getting back, wrapping things up. I love this hardcore match, though. It's one of my favorites. Oh, oh, I was going to say my other thing. I'm pissed she didn't use the Widow's Peak or debut the Widow's Peak in this match. See, that's what I don't get either. Because if she was working on that with Molly and then on that match, what was it? Was it the next week or was it the next night? The next night. I guess in another one of my all time favorite segments where she bit off Stacey Keebler's fingernails. So, yeah, she debuted it the next night. I'm like, are you kidding me? You couldn't have done this the night before? Like, so, I mean, yeah, so that kind of explains why the finish of that match, that was so wonky. Well, like, the only thing I can think of with that is they were so dead set on the mirror finish that maybe Trish hadn't practiced the Widow's Peak with her yet. And I wouldn't be taking the damn Widow's Peak if I had No, how no. Um, I mean, to this day, I still say the Widow's Peak is probably my favorite finisher of all time. Period. Ch- Chas, as a former worker, your thoughts on the Widow's Peak? <laughs> <laughs> certain moves I was always terrified to take unless we practiced them a hundred times. Um, any form of a neck breaker, I was petrified of. So, like, I would not mess with those beak. See, I mean, and on a similar note, because we were kind of talking about how uh, Trish was doing that wheelbarrow into the bulldog with Molly. Uh, what does it take to really, like, find a move where, like, you trust someone as a base to even consider it? I think that plays a huge factor in the whole, like, you have to know the person. Like, that's not something I would walk up to a random indie show on a Saturday night and not really know the the brother I'm working and be like, hey, what's your finish? Oh, I do a neck record. Cool. See you out there. Like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, I think it's something that if we don't have time to, to roll around through it or at least go through the motions in the locker room, like, you're not doing it to me. I'm not I'm not taking it. Um, the second move I would go that far to saying is a German suplex. Like, you are not giving me a German. Oh, yeah. Oh, my um, God. There's so many ways a German can ooh. go wrong. Oof. Yeah, and, and I, I don't think people realize the danger of that move. You see it so often, too. I mean, even to the person giving the move, too. Like, there's impact straight on the top of your head and your neck. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. I really like being able to walk around with my head held high and straight. So, no, I'm good. <laughs> well, I can't relate on the straight part. Yeah, I was going to say, how's your head, Chris? Screw Donnie Dollars. Moving on. I Speaking of suplexes, um, this Jake, where were you last week? By the way, I needed my backup, Boo, and Chas. I need the oh, whole damn I'm team. I'm sorry, there. I was at a Taylor Swift concert. Uh, yeah, we saw you. <laughs> we saw you on Good Morning America. Don't worry. I was up all night, so sorry I couldn't make it down. How's your How's your head? I'm surprised Jake doesn't start charging us to appear on the show. Jake and Chastity are celebrities. Oh, my God. Little me and Jose over here. So, Jose's more of a legend than I am. Shut the hell up. For real, though, can I take a second before we wrap up? Jose is my damn glue on whatever project I do. Like, we do not give that man enough credit. He holds us together. I'm like, Jose, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. I don't send him a dime even though i wish i could have and this man puts his best effort forward okay i'll quit putting you over now that was enough yeah i was gonna say uh, streamlabs.com slash those <laughs> no <laughs> oh like when i was having like issues with my internet before for some reason like he really like stepped in and stepped up and it was really helpful just yeah. like last week or last show when you guys filmed and i couldn't make it jose you are seriously the glue of this this production we uh we may have to i think I, we'll have to talk but i think we may have to have mr jose on each episode with us from now on. i think, I think, so too. I think he's yeah. a kind of staple i yeah. loved it yeah to be honest yeah like i would love for you to get more credit too because like you really do a lot of the work while like the rest of us just like bitch and like talk over each other so <laughs> <laughs> like, I appreciate it guys you know i'm always here for you <laughs> So, uh, Victoria's the women's champion. Huge congrats to her. I think that about wraps us up for the month. Um, 
when we come back next show, we'll be talking exclusively about Tori Wilson and Don Marie, as well as some other things. I know there's a triple threat match at Armageddon. I'll I'm be just, wearing my butterfly nipple. Hello. 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 Excuse What's me. Uh, what the hell? Is that the Golden, is uh, the Golden Era podcast? Is that? No, this is Patrick. <laughs> this is Con O'Kelly. This is Con O'Kelly. How the hell, guys? Ma'am, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> what the hell? You how? Well, you know, uh, where's Jose? You know, you got to get up pretty early to beat my team. See, we here at BitDon, we have the most skilled computer geeks. Okay, this guy—he hacked you guys' system with his hands tied behind his back. You guys, I mean, you wait, guys, what are you talking oh, about? I mean, Con, to be fair, Con. to be fair, you're used to men tied behind your back. Well, I was gonna say, Con, what I've heard is that you've been beating a lot of men outside of Gibsonville for the past few weeks. So uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Excuse me, but how did you, know, you even get on here? I'm sorry. Wait, did I hear Chastity? Chastity, sweetheart, are you are you there? Sorry, I charge five dollars to talk to fans. <laughs> you can find her on Cameo yeah, at I'm, Chastity Taylor. Chastity, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you're even, you know, not gushing over your man. I mean, let me tell you something, oh, you little, huh. you you dirty little Jezebel. All right, you put a finger in my face again. You're gonna need more than a Southern savior, okay, sweetheart? Why don't you just keep it nice from here on out? Okay? Wow, that was real original. Next time you mention my man's name, I'm telling you that threat for my boot up your ass will no longer be a threat. Keep mine and my name's man, my man's name, out of your mouth. Uh. So Con, while we're at it, Con, your name is Con, right? I'm sorry, I'm not used to such a relevance being in front huh? of me on this call right now, but I mean, what exactly do you guys do? I mean, your currency probably isn't worth more than the foil that chocolate candy's been printed on itself, so. Currency costs more than whatever shack you live in, sweetheart. Well, apparently it doesn't cost more than the shitty microphone you're using right now to hack into this show. Apparently. Are you calling us from an LG chocolate? I'm sorry, guys. I'm being rude. You know, I've never met Jake before. Jake, how are you? I'm set, thanks. Bye. Uh, so what is it that you do? Because you're about as useless as the Bella Twins from 2009. Oh, my God. Who exactly oh. are you? Are you the backup dancer for Chris and all of his wrestling videos? Just do me a it's favor. It's really nice to see you. Wow, thank you so much for knowing exactly who I am, though. And I yeah, I was going to say, for somebody that claims to not yeah. know Jake, you sure as hell like to bring his name up a lot. Yeah, well, thank you. Also, thanks so much for liking my tweets all the time. I really appreciate it. I don't know what yeah, you're Yeah, thank you. I love talking to my followers, love talking to people who follow me and know so much about me. And really, you're irrelevant to me in every way, shape, and form. How Ooh. fun is that? So here's the question, though, Con. Since you like to find every damn way to make my life miserable, whether it's at CWF, in the parking lot, trying to get to the show at my home, or at somebody's wedding, please explain to me how in the hell exactly you've gotten into my program. Like I said, bits on. We have a very strong team of hackers, okay? So why don't you just mind your business, Chris? And I know you, you see how this feels, right? You know, someone coming into something that's yours, something that they should have respect for, okay? You came into CWF and you took my spot, or at least you tried to take me. <laughs> Honey, that's funny that you claim that I took your spot when you're trying to rip off everything me and Jake Smith did for the Williams wrestling community five years ago. But that's real cute, so thank you. 
you guys are making a mockery of the LGBT community and the rest. Of and for the record, since I we're gonna, am, since what? we're gonna, yeah, the only thing being mocked right now is your audio quality, my friend. Any gay knows, get a good microphone, sweetheart. Honey, I know you're used to having big things in front of your mouth, so this should probably come natural to you that you need to get a higher quality microphone. Although I will say this, since you want to shoot cowboy, um, why don't you tell everybody that claims that um, I didn't earn my spot in CWF how you went around telling everybody in the locker room that I hear you know very well how excited you were to work with me when it was announced that I was hired. I did not know who you were. I barely knew who Chastity Taylor was, okay? So, you know, kid, keep trying to live up to everything that I am at CWF. And in fact, everything that I am in the world. I'm on a trip to Chicago in a couple days, and well, you'll be bored if you're oh going to be. Oh, my God, for all that coin, you'd think you'd go on a better trip. Gives no me new meaning to the term Windy City. Oh, my God. Come, the fact I did not know that um, Frontier flew there. Wow. The fact of the matter is you have been obsessed with us all the way back to the Divider days. I'm not familiar with this Divider situation. I'm I'm too young. You guys are old bastards. Alrighty, well, I'm going to get off. Well, could have fooled me, honey. You might want to invest in some eye cream. So bringing you guys you guys have a great night. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's one little last thing before you go. Um, so you thought it was real cute to have your sugar daddy boot me in the face a couple nights ago. Oh, nothing to say suddenly. He probably forgot to pay the internet bill. Hmm. You know, probably had you know something in his throat. I don't know if it was a frog, if it was Donnie. I don't know. Probably a dick. Yeah. I mean, you know, it takes one to know one. Funny, as per usual, Kano Kelly decides to duck out as I'm trying to confront him on something. We call this ep this show the golden era. We should not have allowed a bronze to join us tonight. Ooh. We've got to get better security. That's something we should definitely invest in. Hey, Jake, um, yeah. I think we know some people that may be able to help with this situation. Oh, yeah, you know what? I think we just might. Hmm. 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 Well, to all of our followers listening in, we are so sorry for that interruption. We had no idea that um, Khan and Bit Don were behind the complications behind Jake not being involved in the first couple of minutes of the show. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Chris, um, what do we have for next episode? We are focusing on the ongoing saga of Don Marie Bitch and Tori Wilson, Esquire. And the first death of Al Wilson. Oh. Well, something tells me this drama between Chris Riddle and Con O'Kelly is far from over, and he's now officially brought all of us into it. So, a little sidebar, I'm sure that that will not be over. Please follow us oh, oh. all on social media yeah. to see how that unfolds. For our listeners, you months. can uh, keep a very keen eye on twitch.tv slash CWF Mid-Atlantic. You know, I hear there's going to be uh, some payback. Hmm. You can hear, um, keep an eye on everything by keeping an ear on me kicking Connor Kelly's ass one of these days. Mm. What's the Chastity Taylor line? I do not get in a ring, but I will put a boot in somebody's ass. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> All right. For Jake Smith, for Jose Gonzalez, for Chastity Taylor, 
poor Kano Kelly. No, not for him. You can follow us on uh, Golden Era underscore pod, uh, Chastity Taylor at Chastity Taylor with two R's, at uh, the Jose Can You See, letters U and letter C, and at Jake isn't Jacob, and make sure you follow him because everybody else on the internet is. And I'm Chris Riddle at Chris Riddle on Twitter. Good night, and screw you, Kano Kelly.